Father, we just thank you once again this morning, Lord, even as we now begin to meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. Father, show us your ways, teach us your paths, teach us your ways, show us your paths. For your word says that your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. That's what your word says, O Lord. Let the wicked man forsake his way and unrighteous man his thoughts. O Lord, this morning, even as we meditate upon our word, every unrighteous thought in our, in our minds, O Lord, will be replaced by the truth of the word of God. Lord, continue to sanctify us, separate us, wash us by the water of your word, that our minds will become even more clean from all the patterns of this world and the patterns of God will begin to be established. Your patterns of thinking will begin to be established in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. And therefore give us a spiritual posture of humility, a humble mind, O Lord, that we will truly, Father, humble ourselves before you that we will be that we will be ready to uh, to pull down and tear tear down every stronghold which exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This morning, therefore, even as we meditate upon Your Word, I pray, Lord, You would anoint us and bless us to that end, even in the speaking and the hearing of this Word. We thank You. We praise You for in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so. As I was mentioning yesterday, 60 days of our lockdown is over. We are in the 61st day and we have heard so many things. So many things and therefore, even as we've heard so many things, let us reinforce thoughts and ideas that we have learned. Not, not ideas, ideologies that we have incurred from the world have to be replaced by the truth of the word of God. So, the word of God is truth. There's no other truth and therefore... We only get sanctified when we appropriate the word of God and are ready to pull down every idea and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Therefore, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read from verses 1 to 4 once again. Yeah. Therefore, we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels prove steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which, which, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So, we must, we must be careful of spiritual drift, as I said, mentioned yesterday, because drift will lead us to doubt God's word, which will cause us to harden our heart. And doubt will lead us to become dull in as far as hearing God's word, which will lead to sluggishness, spiritual sluggishness. And then we begin to despise God's word, and finally we defy his word. These are the warnings in scripture especially in the book of Hebrews. And therefore, we have to care, take care of what? Drift. So if once we take care of drift, then we'll be able to take care of all the other things. So 
uh, identify the problem and tackle it at the root level so that we don't go that route, right? And the drift is a very slow thing. It's not very uh, tangible. Okay, it's not very cannot perceive it easily. It's something that's happening in your minds, even as you uh, um, listen to somebody or some preacher or some idea and you meditate upon it or there it's there somewhere in your subconscious mind and, and you kind of uh, meditate upon it over and over and over and over again and slowly those thought, thought patterns keep getting established and drift happens. It doesn't happen in one day, as I said. It's a series of steps. It's a series, as I said about David, it's a series of seeings which led him to the ultimate see. <laughs> okay. He saw several things, right? It's a series of steps that have given him that posture which made him fall. And therefore, we have to be careful and those things are happening. And same thing with Samson. Series of steps, series of choices over and over and over and over and over again. And finally, it comes to a point where he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Oh, that's a tremendous, uh, what do you call, tragedy. That should not happen to any believer. Okay, and therefore we have to guard our hearts. And all of us are susceptible. If you think that you are stand, take heed, you will fall. And therefore do not be deceived. So, drift happens basically because of two reasons we said yesterday. It happens because of neglect and also because of procrastination. Okay. One of the reasons why drift happens is because we put it away for a, la- a latter date. I want to give you an example of uh, procrastination, spiritual procrastination, if you will, and the reasons and the causes of it. If you turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 24, I'll show you an example. This is just an example. You'll learn some principles over here. Verse 24 of Acts chapter 24. After some days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And now as he reasoned, who reasoned? Paul reasoned. And if you look at the entire book of Acts, this one particular word keeps on appearing. Reason, 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 reason. He reasoned with the Jews in a synagogue. He reasoned in Areopagus. Areopagus, yeah. He reasoned in pub- publicly and in synagogues. He was a guy who reasons, and Scripture reasons with us. And God Himself says, "Come, let us reason together." God is a God. faith is not unreasonable. There are, there is, there is. It's not without reason. There is a pattern uh, for faith. There is a logic of faith. We are not talking about intellectual uh, thought patterns. These are ways of God. And Paul keeps on, re- and this one one particular word keeps on appearing in the Bible. And it's, uh, especially in the book of Acts, there's a reasoning that is going on. Now, as he reasoned with Felix, Paul reasoned with Felix about righteousness and about self-control and the judgment to come. Righteousness of God, the lack of self-control in your life, and therefore, <laughs> what? Judgment to come. Okay, righteousness by, which is by faith and the lack of self-control in your life, the requirements of God, lack of self-control which is causing you to sin. Okay, one of the fruit of the, one of the aspects or the dimensionalities of the fruit of the spirit is what? Self-control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of 
self-control. Sound mind also means self-control. Okay. So he, when he reasoned about righteousness, self-control and judgment to come, Felix was what? Afraid. He trembled, it says. He began to tremble. He began to shake. But this trembling, it's like demon, demons trembling, no? Even, even demons believe and tremble, it says. The same, very similar kind of a tremble. It's not gonna, it's not gonna lead him to, uh, make a decision or to repent. This is not, just because people are trembling at the word doesn't mean that they are, uh, uh, they are succumbing to the will of God. There was only one person who trembled in Canaan and who repented. You know who that person is? In Canaan. Excuse me? No. There was only one person who trembled in Canaan and who, and who repented. Rahab the prostitute. You know what she said? Our hearts have begun to melt because of what we, because we heard about what your God has done, how he dried up the Red Sea, how he consumed all the Egyptian army in the entire Red Sea and we began to melt and there's no strength left in us. And because of that she did what? She repented. But all the others were also trembling. But did they repent? No. They had defenses. And the walls of Jericho were like that. Strong defenses against the gospel. Nobody is able to get in. Nobody is able to come out. Okay, just because you are trembling, it doesn't mean that you are succumbing to the will of God. You are repenting. No, 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 no. Not, not all trembling is godly trembling. There is one godly trembling who trembles at God's word. And therefore submits to the will of God in the word of God. It's very important all these principles. So this verse begins to tremble. And you know what he does? Does he repent? No. Look at what he says. And answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Convenient time. That is what we call a spiritual procrastination. That word, by the way, convenient time is rendered as what? What do you think the Greek word for convenient time is? Excuse me? No, no, no. Kairos, yeah? That's the word. It's rendered as convenient time. There are, there are only, this, today is the day, it says. Today is the day. Second Corinthians chapter 6 was 1 and 2. Second Corinthians chapter 6 was 1 and 2 and we'll come back to this, okay? We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God. In vain, for he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. By the way, he is quoting from some for Isaiah 14 and verse 8, part of it, and he is interpreting it now in the new covenant for us. When is the acceptable time? Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, not tomorrow. So what happens? He trembles. Go back to uh, Acts chapter 24 and verse 25. When he hears about righteousness, when he hears about self-control and judgment, he trembles and he says, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Hmm. Then what happens? Look at this. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul. Can you imagine this fellow? Okay. That he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. And Paul would never give him one by One rupee could yell manadu. One paisa good He don't, he didn't even give a single paisa but continued reasoning with him about what? About righteousness, self-control and judgment to come. For how many years? For two years! Can you imagine? For two years! 
two years continuously reasoning and reasoning and reasoning and reasoning and reasoning. There is a wall. What are those two, two walls? First is the love of money. You'll see that. You'll see that love of money was big time for him. And what happened? But after two years, Procus Festus succeeded Felix. And Felix wanting to do what? Jews a favor, what did he do? Left Paul bound. He did not release Paul. Even though he had the authority to release him. Two major headaches for him. What was the first headache? The first headache was the love of money. Second headache was the approval of people. Victim, I'm telling you, these are the defenses against the gospel. The spirit of procrastination works very well. Among people who will have love for money, meaning, okay, let me have sufficient so that I can surrender. No, you will never have sufficient, by the way. And wanting to favor, to win the favor of the Jews, he left Paul bound. Okay, so, spiritual procrastination is dangerous. When you want to search for a convenient time, before you know it, things will happen. Understand that? You know that, right? 6-9, Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber. Actually, 9-10, 9-11, okay? How long will you sleep? How long will you slumber? It's spiritual sluggard, okay? It's not talking about worldly sluggard per person. In as far as the world thing is concerned, he's absolutely gung-ho about it. You will get up early in the morning. Hmm? But... For things of the spirit, no, he's very lazy. Okay, this is danger of spiritual procrastination. Okay. Why is it important? Because Psalm 32 verse 6 will say, onwards, 6 and 7, okay. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Meaning, there's a trouble which is coming. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Why? Keep on choosing and choosing the ways of God when he may be found. Establish yourselves in the ways of God. And there is a time which of trouble which is coming. And he says there is a tribulation, a time of tribulation which is coming upon whole earth. And he tells the Philadelphia church, he says, I will hide you. In the day of tribulation. Okay. So prepare yourself. That is why we need to seek God in the way, in his way, on, on the day uh, that he may be found. Therefore, we, therefore we have to pay careful attention to what? To the things that we have heard and continue to hear those people who will re-emphasize and strengthen the things we have heard lest we be drawn away from them. Drift away from them. Understood? See, this is, it's like this, no? Um, you, let's say you have, uh, during Kargil war, there was one point. What was it called? Siachan, Siachan point. It was one of the biggest points. It was a vantage point, which uh, was taken over by the insurgents. And it was a very, very strategic point. And they were wreaking havoc. So what the Indian army had to do, they had to literally drive them out 
and in, once they have conquered that peak, they have to continuously keep sending guards or keep the keep a guard over there so that the insurgents don't come back. So you have to conquer a piece of land and then ensure that you keep that piece of land and then conquer more. That's exactly what the life of Christ is. What, what do they do when they enter into the promised land? They conquer a piece of land. They ensure that they keep that land that's, uh, that they have conquered secure and they conquer more. Otherwise, you become complacent or without, without you knowing it, you know, things will go back to, from bad to worse. And therefore, therefore we have to pay careful attention to the things that we have heard and continue to hear those people who will re-emphasize and strengthen the things that we have heard lest we are drawn away from the word which will keep us on that straight and narrow path. For example, turn with me to Second Peter. We looked at it. Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one, and let's read verse twelve onwards. Twelve onwards. For this reason, I will not be what? Excuse me. Ah, negligent. See, uh, Paul, Peter is saying maybe you are negligent, but I will not be negligent. For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. You are already, you already know it and you are already established. But what will I do? I will not be negligent to keep on reminding you. Why? Next verse. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. That's the whole purpose. That you have to keep on the straight and narrow path. Otherwise, slowly drift will happen. Drift will take place and slowly you will be going away from the word of truth. Knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. He is going to die very soon. He's, he knows it. He knows very, very well. Very soon he's going to be put off. I mean, he's going to die. And then he says, I want to stir you up by reminding you and strengthening you. Therefore, we also, we have heard so much. We have to continue to re-emphasize these truths in our lives. That's the reason why he says, do, uh, he tells the Pharisees, uh, warn to you Pharisees, you, you pay attention to the minors, but you neglect the important truths. What is that? Justice, mercy, and faith. You neglect those things. Don't, don't neglect them. Don't neglect them lest you drift away. And you have so many teachers in these last days. You will be bombarded by thoughts and ideologies. Will slowly drift you away from that straight and narrow path. They will, they will put water on the fire that, that God has, uh, has ignited in your heart. No, 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 my dear brothers. Don't allow the fire to be, to be extinguished okay so that's exactly the reason why we looked at for 1 john chapter 4 verse 1 right we, lo- we looked at that pastor was talking about it the spirit of the antichrist no look at what it says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of god because many false prophets have gone out into the world you know the word for false prophet in the greek is pseudo prophetess you know, well, it's very easy to understand. Pseudo prophetess, pseudo together false. It gives you an appearance as if pseudo, <laughs> pseudo force in physics. You know what pseudo forces are? Centripetal force or centrifugal? Which is pseudo force? Centripetal force is the real force. Centrifugal is the pseudo. Okay, the pseudo force. Okay, it appears. As if it's pulling you in this direction, but it is not the not the real one. Okay, so there are pseudo prophetess. 
have gone out into the world. Okay. How do you identify these pseudo-prophets, Baba? These people who, who slowly draw you away? Let us look at a few uh, verses. Maybe one verse. I will show you. Second Peter chapter 1. And today will be upon a discourse on the prophetic. Okay, a discourse on the pseudo-prophetic. Okay, not prophetic, on the pseudo-prophetic. Okay, let's read from uh, verse 1. And if you can, please uh, put uh, for me uh, the KJV version. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> but there were false prophets also among the people. Where meaning he was talking about uh, the... Um, Old, I mean, the, the old covenant. Even as there which there shall be false teachers. So the false teachers of the modern day are compared to the false prophets of the previous day, of the previous era, or the Old Testament. What do they do? Who privately br- shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. In verse 2 and 3. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Boy, what? Many shall follow. Not few. Many shall follow. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, (laughs) whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Full stop. So look at what these pseudo-prophets do. What are these pseudo-prophets or pseudo-teachers doing? They are bringing damnable heresies. What are damnable heresies? What does it mean? Heresies are our teachings which are capable of taking you to hell. Exactly. Destructive heresies means the, the heresies or teachings which are able to take you to hell. And how do they bring these teachings? Secretly. Not openly. And that means there's a subtle way of sneaking in this truth, doubts and things into the, into the body of Christ. Subtle way of injecting it. It's like a poison which is injected into your mind very subtly. They have underhanded ways of doing things. And what does this lead to? These destructive heresies can cause you to do, or rather will cause you to do what? They will deny the Lord that bought you. You will deny. That is the reason why uh, Paul tells uh, in Second Timothy he says, "If we deny him, he will also deny us. They will. De- he will deny the Lord who bought you. That means he will deny the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. So these destructive heresies. What do they cause? They cause us to deny the lordship of Jesus. Meaning we will not come under the submission to God and His Word. That's the point. Okay." Christ is no longer the Lord. Who is the Lord? Mammon is. Ease. Comfort. That's the reason why, you know, comfort is such a dangerous thing, right? I was telling, somebody was mentioning this. Why do you, why are you speaking so much against comfort? Because comfort has got a spiritual, spiritual, it's a spiritual disposition. You do not want to hear the truth. You don't want to uh, come under the subjection of the truth. You don't want to do it. It's, it's, and you, without knowing it, it is there. And how will they succeed? Because through covetousness and greed and the love of money, they will exploit people. They will make merchandise of you. 
And the problem is, God will also allow these false prophets to come. And what are they bringing? Damnable heresies. He's sovereign. Let me give you an Old Testament and a New Testament pattern. First, let us go to Old Testament pattern. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 through to 5. Okay? First, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or a wonder come to pass. And then what does he do? <laughs> he brings this a sign and a wonder and then he says, let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. Okay. We'll come to that later. I'll tell you something. I was in US and Canada. I mean, I was in Canada. I went to US several times. One of the times I was invited to a Amway conference. Okay, Amway. Amway is the only way that's going to The American way. By the way, it's not no longer called Amway in, in uh, Canada and US. It's called Quick Star. Quickly you become star. Mm, that's Quick Star. Okay. And what do they do? Whenever you go to their conferences, they will show you people who are successful. Sign and a wonder. Okay. And this sign and a wonder will be on will be on the stage and on the screen also. In the screen, he'll be driving in this Porsche, Lamborghini, and he'll be living in this in this multi-bedroom apartment house, rich lifestyle, beautiful family, beautiful wife, or I don't know. Okay, and fantastic children. Everything they will show, full show, cosmetic. They will show it very nicely. It's called a sign and a wonder. And the sign and a wonder is right in front of you. That fellow is there. Okay. And that the full video they will show. The sign and wonder has come to pass. And then they will start the destructive damnable heresy. How did they attract you? With consciousness. And you will see so many people in the quick star conference are who? Christians, huh? There will be a three day conference. On It will be like a Starts on a Friday, weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, sorry, Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three day conference. On Sunday, there will be worship also. So, Bill Britt will be leading the worship service for all the Christians. And there will be one Kant Gala or some Gala who will be, who will be leading the worship for the worship service for all the Hindus and they will be sending bhajans and everything. And there will be one Muslim fellow who will be leading the namaz for the, for the Muslims. And you will have nice division and after that end of the conference, Bill Britt will come onto the stage and he will say, ah, whichever God you worship, it's okay. He will not say one thing about Jesus Christ. Slowly he will put this. I've seen it with my own eyes, I'm telling you, honestly. And you will be caught up with this <laughs> glitter and glamour and all these riches and everything. They will slowly take your money and they'll get rich. They are getting quickly star, not you. There is a huge, huge hole in your pocket. And I've seen so many people losing their jobs, losing their careers. They will never give up their careers to follow God. Damnable heresy. And God allows us. 
God allows it. You understand that? Some of you are laughing. I, I think you had some very good experiences with this. <laughs> it's a very, it's, 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 it's something which is very dangerous. And a lot of people, especially in Christian, Christendom, like these things happen. If it's happening among other, other religions, I can understand because they all worship Lakshmi. But the problem is, those fellows have more discernment. You go and tell this to a Marwadi, he'll say, Baba, I worked my whole life to build up this business. You are saying, you can become quickly star. Nonsense. He will say. Quick star. It's there. And the sign or the wonder comes to pass, Baba. What is God doing you? God, God, God doing for to you, look at verse 3. Look at this. This is remarkable. You shall not listen to the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you. Ha! What is he testing you? Whether you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart or with all of your soul or not. Whether you are totally devoted to God or not is what is being tested. So destructive heresies will come and God will allow in the last days to test. You understand? Okay, so that is the reason why if you turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 11, look at what it says, uh, if you can read from, uh, yeah, verses uh, 2 and 3. Two and three. Okay. Second. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear. Lest somehow the serpent deceived Eve by his. Or subtlety. It says some other translations. So your minds may be corrupted from the. Simplicity in Christ. Not this hangama. There is no beauty that you have to desire him it says. What kind of a beauty he has? He has an inner beauty. All things, cosmetic things about, you know, all is cosmetic. Before we go to the camera, everything should be cosmetic. You know, that, like Pastor was saying, nowadays, uh, all the anchors and the, and the, and the journalists are, are doing their anchoring from home. Now we know what their true faces are. When they came to the studios, full camera, full makeup. Hmm? Nice touch up and makeup and everything, no? All those wrinkles, everything is removed. It's all cosmetics. And you know one of the biggest products in uh, this Quickstar and Amway? It's cosmetics. It's called artistry. I've got insider information, by the way. <laughs> How they catch people with the outward looks. Trap them with money and covetousness. It's a huge trap. It's there. I mean, that's the spirit. Basically, we are just talking, giving an example because it looks very tangible to us. How many people have not lost their money in the stock markets because they, they wanted to get rich quick? Covetousness. I'm, I'm telling you something. The sons of this world are more wiser than the sons of the kingdom. So sons of the world will know where to invest and where not to invest, how to invest, how not to invest. Because they are mindful, you know, I don't want to mess up my life. But the sons of the kingdom are neither wise in this life, nor they are wise in the other life also. Nothing. Both ways they are messed up. So what happens? Oh, he says, look at this. But Put it put it in uh, the NIV, if you can put uh, verse uh, 3 in NIV. 
But I am afraid just as Eve was deceived by serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's your heart. That is the reason why he says, if, Christ, if you have been raised together with Christ Jesus, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, uh, doctor, in NIV, if you can put it, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. What does it say? Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Both heart and your mind. That is the reason why, whether you are loving the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul, God is testing. And what is your soul? Your mind, your emotions and your will. It's being tested. God, is, God will allow that in the last days. And we are looking at an Old Testament example. Of course, we will come to the New Testament too. What is what is the second thing? Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 3 and 4 again. Let's see that together. You must not listen to the words of the dreamer or the prophet. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart or, and with all your soul. And sometimes God will withdraw his presence. To test what is there in your heart. Exactly what he, what he did to Hezekiah in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 32. You don't have to turn there. He said he withdrew his presence when the emissaries from Babylon came in order to test Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, like a very spiritual man, made a foolish decision. And you know what happened after that. Okay. So it is the Lord your God... So, what, what does it do? Whether uh, the Lord of God is testing you, whether you will love Him with all your heart and with all your soul. That is the reason why store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust, what? Not steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. I mean, I was listening to one man of God. I think, yeah, SK Sundar Krishna was listening to the other day. He was telling about this, uh, about this rich businessman who, uh, had quite a bit of money. And he was a great giver. So he started giving left hand center for missions, etc. And lot of money he had given to the missions. And then what happened? After a while, his business went into a uh, tailspin and he lost a lot of money. And in fact, he came to a point of bankruptcy, according to that testimony. And somebody came and asked him and he said, do you regret all the money that you gave to the kingdom of God? You know what he said? Are you kidding? That's the only money which I saved. Because that is one one money where which has got, I've stored up for myself where riches in heaven. I've used that money to for the kingdom of God to so that the kingdom of God can be rich with souls, and I know because of that money I will have a rich entrance coming for me in heaven, waiting for me in heaven. Right? See how the perspective is so important for us. Okay. So whether you love the Lord your God, where your heart is, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. Okay. So you treasure God more than anything else. That's the point over here. Second, what else is he testing you? You, it is the Lord your God you must follow. So whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart or, and you, whether you follow the Lord your God and river him or fear him and hold fast to him. He's, he's testing you these three things as well. Why? Why is he testing you these things? Because following the Lord is not easy. Following the ways of God is not easy. 
Let me give you an example as to what it means to follow the ways of God. Okay, we looked at it in several contexts. In this context also we have to look. We are looking at it in a multidimensional context. Okay, let us go, let us go to 1st Peter chapter 2, yeah, verse 18 onwards. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with what? All respect. Thank you. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle or considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Submit. Come under submission. Next. Next verse. For this is commendable. If because of conscience towards God or being mindful of God, it says in ESV, one endures grief while suffering wrongfully. For what credit it is when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And then look at the next verse. For to this you are called because what? Also, Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Ah, these are the steps that he has given us. This is not an easy step to follow. How, what kind of a steps that he has, uh, that he has, uh, walked for us? Who committed no sin? That means he never sinned. Who, there was no guile or deceit found in his mouth. Then, verse 23, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself continuously to to the one who judges uh, righteously. This is his path. This is his trajectory and you should follow him. And what do false prophets do? Like pastor was saying, they slowly take you away. They say, this is not possible. And they give other things importance than the things of God. And slowly draw you away from that straight and narrow path. Okay. That is the reason why you need a large heart. What do you need? A large heart. Put Psalm 119 verse 32 in the NIV and the NL and the NKGV as well. Both. Okay. 119 verse 32. I will what? Run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my heart. Any other translation if you can put? I will run in the path of your commandments for you have set my heart free. Look at that. Awesome, no? This is NIV or NLT? Fantastic. Thank you. So first thing, what does it do? He tests whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul. Second, whether you will follow in his footsteps and his footsteps are not easy. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 we looked at it again, we'll look at it, no problem. Still these things are established in our minds. 1 John chapter 2 and verse uh, oh, sorry 6 if I'm right. Yeah. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he also walked. We know this story. Okay? We will come to that later on. Some more detail. Second thing. This is um, this is uh, uh, testing whether you will follow after his footsteps. Third test is whether you will fear him or not or revere him or not. That is the reason why we are given this example of Jesus in the, during the days of his flesh with loud cries and tears he offered prayers to him 
who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission or godly fear and although he was a son, he learnt obedience to the things that he suffered. So that is the path that he has given us. And it's not easy to follow. And therefore, what does it do? All these false prophets will take you away from that, that trajectory, that path. And, and, he was, and, 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 and will say, you know, this is not possible. Or they will somehow flatter you. We'll come to that flattery part later on. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. God is testing you whether you will follow in that footsteps. Third, God is testing you whether you will fear him or not. You will tremble at his word or not. 66 verse 2. For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But to this one will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. The guy who has a reverent fear. Fear of God or not. Why is the fear of God important? What does the false progress take you away from? The fear of God, the trajectory or the path which which causes you to increase in your fear of God. To a path which will, hmm, which will, actually it's very subtle. Very subtle. And slowly take you away, drift you away from this path. Why is the fear of God important? And why is the fear of God should be desired? Look at what it says in Psalm 119, Psalm not 119, verse 9, Psalm 19, verse 9 onwards. We know this very well, but I want you to uh, look at these uh, uh, two, uh, two, these verses, a series of verses, 9 to 14, okay? 9 to 14. The fear of the Lord is clean. What does it do? It endures forever. He who does the will of God endures forever. Who is the person who does the will of God? He who fears God. And uh, what happens because he's fearing God? There is a cleansing that is going on in his life. The fear of God is clean. It endures forever. The judgments of God are true. Righteous altogether. And look at the next verse. More to be desired than they are than gold. Okay. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. And in keeping them is great reward. Now let me tell you something. Why do you think the pulpit is tough sometimes? Or many times? Why is it tough? It's simply because we have to put walls. For our own protection. Why do we put walls in our, in our homes for the children's protection? It's protection. That is the reason why. It is because of love God does this. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is what? Great reward. What great reward? Ultimate reward. That reward you cannot even compare. And then, verse 12, who can understand his errors? Answer, no one. Unless and until you have the fear of God and you tremble at God's word, you will not have what? You will never be able to understand your errors. Cleanse me from your secret faults, from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be innocent of great translation. Not ordinary translation, great translation. Therefore he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. In your sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. So, he's testing you. God allows these false prophets to come and see how much of the word of God is there inside of you. Somewhere you should have a spiritual compass which will tell, Are Baba, this is not north. North means towards God. 
spiritual compass. This is not kosher. What he's saying is looking so true and there's all this glitter and glamour and all kinds of props to somehow give you an impression that this is indeed true. But they're all props. It's a smoke screen of lies to guard the reality. I think Ravi Zak made the powerful statement most of the time. He says, truth is so dangerous that most often people guard it with a, with a fortress of lies. With a fortress of lies, they guard the truth about themselves. Excuse me. Sorry. That is not COVID, but it's just a irritation. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, what should you do with that prophet or the dreamer of dreams then? You know what you should do? Old covenant, this is what you should do. Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 5. But that prophet or the dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Adi. Because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. What do the false prophets do? It, it, it says in First Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter one, chapter one, they bring, uh, sorry, chapter two, verse one, it says they bring damnable heresies and they do what? The damnable heresies causes you to what? The, the damnable heresies causes you to deny the Lord who brought you. The same thing over here. This is an Old Testament pattern. But that prophet or the dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He was the one who brought you. And redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God has commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. But what do we do in the, in the, in the new covenant? Silence those voices. Silence those voices. Shut down those voices. Close your ears. Run for your life from all false teachings. And what do they bring? They bring destructive heresies or damnable heresies. Or sectarians. Or factions is also called. And most of the time it's because of what you believe. See, why, why, are division, why do divisions take place? It is simply because you cannot agree on certain things. You understand what I'm saying? It's a word of God which is bringing division. Hopefully. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21 in the KJV. Okay. Destructive heresies and the, and the works, of the works of the flesh. We know this very well. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21. See, this is, this is a kind of a corollary to the Antichrist message that we have heard. Okay, it's a kind of a corollary. Okay, I'm just look, put, looking at it. When I'm studying it, I'm looking at it in a different perspective. Just to reinforce the things that we have learned. I want you to, let, let us see, okay, you have, can you put all these three verses together? But I, I'm sure you cannot put it on screen, but uh, uh, 19, 20 and 21. Look at this, okay. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And this is in KJV only, right? Absolute KJV, okay. Adultery, fornication, Uncleanness, lasciviousness. You can see them. In your own life, you can see. External. Idolatry, where is it? Inside. Witchcraft, which is rebellion. Where is it? Inside. Hatred, where is it? 
inside. Variance, where is it? Inside. Emulations, where is it? Inside. Wrath, where is it? Inside. Strife, where is it? Inside. Seditions, where is it? Inside. And heresies? Inside. Okay, that is 20. Again, 21. Envyings, that is outside. Okay, you can you can feel it. Okay, murders, drunkenness, revelings—they're outside. So you have something in the middle, twenty, which is a kind of a sandwich between nineteen and twenty-one. Okay, and what is actually driving, or rather, empowering adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and envyings, murders, drunkenness? What is it? Heresy. And it is a what? It is a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. Therefore, you have to be very careful as to what you hear. Mark chapter 4 verse 24. What does it say? And he said to them, take heed what you hear. Very important. Therefore, I, I told you, no, I'm saying, I'm telling, uh, in the, in the olden days, you have to kill the prophet. That's exactly what, uh, uh, what's his name? Elijah did. He destroyed 450 prophets of Baal and, you know, we, we heard it, right? All the false prophets are always, they are in groups. They are brood of vipers. They are never, True prophet is all by himself, generally. You see that? Because they are always alone. Especially in the Old Testament. Mark chapter 4 verse 24 will say, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. So, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. So, what you hear is very important. So, God, there's, there's so many ideas which is being, which are, which, which are, which are being bombarded with the, in these last days. And you have to be very careful what you allow. And ask God for discernment. And not only that, not only what you hear, Luke 8, 18, we know this again very well, but I'm going to tell you something very important here, okay? So, um, I want to make an important observation. Therefore, take heed, what? How you hear. What you hear and how you hear. Watch your diet and how you eat your diet. Both. Okay. Watch your diet and how you hear. What is what do you mean how you hear? Even if I'm speaking the truth, let's say. You know, everybody is listening to it in different ways, according to what is there in their heart. Because how you hear determines how you respond. The same message can be perceived in different ways by the man of the flesh and by the man of the spirit. The principles of the kingdom work. So the man of the world will take the principles of the kingdom and what does he do? He applies those principles to grow in the world. Whereas the man of the spirit, he applies the same principles he has heard to bring himself what? Closer to God. There's a difference. That is the reason why Jesus said something very important. The disposition as to how you hear is important. How do you hear? 7.17. You should know by this time what 7.17 is. You guys are fantastic students. See, 4.24. It's a palindrome. 8.18. Palindrome. 7.17. Another palindrome. 
Okay, that's how you remember. 424, 818, 717. Three Gospels. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. <laughs> you see that? How you know, how do you hear the truth? This is the way you hear the truth. You have a submissive, humble mind. <clears throat> that is what we call as an attitude of a bond servant. Revelation chapter 3, we'll come back to this again. Revelation chapter 1, verses 1, 2 and 3 in the NASB only. Please, <coughs> excuse me. What does it say? Revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus. Yes, verse 1 is enough. Okay, Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his bond servants the things which must soon take place. He sent and communicated it by his angel to his bond servant John. So if you want to hear John's revelation Blessed is the one who reads how? The book of Revelation, how do you have to read it? Do you know how you have to read the book of Revelation? Very specific commandment which is given. Turn to Revelation chapter 1, I will tell you how to, how to read the book of Revelation. It is very very interesting though. Verse 3. 1, 3. Blessed is the one. Are, put it in, uh, which, which, which translation is this Baba? NASB, no, you put it in uh, normal ESV and... Uh, Yes, we are. Yeah. Blessed is the one who reads aloud <laughs> these words of this prophecy. I like that. How do you read the book of Revelation? No. Read it aloud. Especially, that means you have to read it in secret. Like, don't uh, uh, disturb everybody else. Like, Jesus went into a secret place and he started reading it, praying aloud. No? You have to read the book of Revelation aloud. You know why? By reading the book of Revelation aloud, you are, first of all are hearing what you are reading. Reading does that, no? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And also you are proclaiming to the powers of darkness, especially to the devil. This is your end, Baba. Your time is very short. Your days are numbered. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy. Blessed is the one who hears the words of this prophecy. And blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy. For the time is near. Read this aloud. Read this aloud. Okay. We have been studying the book of Revelation in our other Bible study. Which is, which is closed because of various reasons. Regardless. Let us move on now. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 will say. What did God do? He communicated... These things through his bond servant, John, to who? Other bond servants. So what is bond servants? What's his attitude? His will is to do God's will. That is the reason why Paul, the bond servant of Jesus in Romans. Corinthians, bond servant. Galatians, bond servant. That's the reason why he says, if I uh, live for the approval of men, I should not be a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He is a bond servant. We know what bond servants are, right? Who bond servants are? We studied that in many, many contexts. And who was the first bond servant? Who gave us an example? That we should become bond servant. Ayyo. Huh? Jesus himself was a bond servant. That's what Philippians chapter 2 will say. He made himself of no reputation and he became a what? A bond servant. 
Dulos, that's the word in Greek. Bond servant. He himself became, became a bond servant. That means he was always connected to his father. In the volume of the book that is written to me, my ears you have what? Pierced. Understand that. So John 7, 17. If you will to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. Whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. And the moment you read all these things, you will say, you get overwhelmed and say, Bob, Vijay, this is, I, I don't know. You know, don't worry. There's always a word of comfort for everybody. Okay. What is the word of comfort? 8.12. 8.12 is a word of comfort. Second Corinthians 8.12. By these times, all these numbers should be very clear to you. Second Corinthians 8.12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what? One has and not according to what one does not have. So you have only a little bit of truth and a little bit of faith. God is saying just be faithful to that much. If you are a class 1 student, God is not going to give you an examination of class 5. For sure. He will push you slowly, slowly, slowly. If you are class 1 for 10 years, then it's a a tragedy. That We are not talking about that tragedy. God is not going to give you tests beyond your capability, your spiritual capability. Don't worry about that. But at least you should say, Lord, as much as I know, I am willing to surrender. As much as I know. And say, don't say, Lord, I don't want to know more. <laughs> no, don't say that. We have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You have to grow in both. Okay, don't don't just be satisfied. And of course, the more you actually start obeying God, the more you want to know about Him. That is the nature of God. Amen. Okay. So, God will allow heresies. And why does He allow heresies even in the new covenant? I'll tell you. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 19 in the KJV please. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 19. We know this very well again in this context. For there must also be what? Read that carefully. They must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So what does God do? He allows. So that is exactly the reason why the word of God is a sword. It divides. It approves those who are gods and not who are not of God. It approves. So heresies and factions will come. Divisions will come. Especially, it's all because of the word, basically. You're not talking about divisions for, because of, because of something, anything else other than the word of God. Okay. All agreements can be laid to rest when you agree on this. You understand, right? All agreements or disagreements can be laid to rest when we agree on the word of God. Am I right? So, must also be heresies among you. That is the reason why if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 onwards. Look at what it says. Jesus says this something very interesting. Do not think that I came to what? Bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And what is that sword? The sword is, the word of God, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is a, is quick and powerful, sharper than the double-edged sword, dividing a center of the soul and the spirit. So what does it do? The most often, what happens is, it divides the soulish from the spiritual. So what happens? The word of God comes, and it shows who are of the soul, and who are of the spirit. 
who give mere intellectual consent to the word of God and who are gen- truly, genuinely spiritual. That's exactly what happened when the golden calf was created in uh, Exodus chapter 32. And what, what happened? Whoever is on the Lord's side, come. And what did, what did uh, the Levites do? They took a sword, they ensured they will put to death Every ideology, you know, in the New Covenant terms, or every thought, every soulish thought that is contrary to the word of God. And what happens? God allows those things to come into our lives to see who are of the soul and who are of the spirit. And he says, look at it, says, I did not come to bring peace on the earth, but I came, uh, uh, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Of course, he's quoting from one, one, one place. You know where he's quoting from? He's quoting, I think he's from quoting from Habakkuk or one of the minor prophets. Or Hosea, actually Hosea. You don't have to turn there. He's quoting from Hosea. Because it's in quotations. You see that, no? And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then verse 36, verse 36, 38, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Therefore, heresies God will allow to approve those who are, I mean, to, to find out those who are approved by him. Those who are approved may be manifest among you, he says. (laughs) So heresies will come. Amen? So what do we do? Fight all these heresies in your mind. Because in the last days, it will only increase. And there will be very, there will be subtle variations, you know that? You should have the discernment. To discern what is of the spirit and what is of the soul. That is where the danger is. And most of these ideas, what happens actually, one of the weapons of the last days will be flattery. Go to 29.5 Proverbs. 29.5 or 29.15? Yeah. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. (laughs) Okay, this is what happens to Christian and uh, Christian and Pilgrim's Progress. They are going in the straight and narrow path towards the celestial city. Suddenly, there will be a flatterer. That's name. That's, his name is flatterer. Okay, what is he doing? He's going in, all, in, a, in another another path. And uh, what does he say to the Christian? Uh, Christian asks, "Where are you going?" Christian says, Christian asks, where are you going? He says, I'm going to, towards the celestial city. But why are you not taking this path? There's a shortcut. He says. And before you know it, they're captured by the net. And the verse, John Bunyan quotes is this verse, 29.5. He who, a man who flatters his neighbor, what does he do? He spreads a net for his feet. You should read Pilgrim's Progress for the 25th time or nth time. You will enjoy it thoroughly. Thoroughly enjoy it. It's the best fiction if you want to read it. Christian fiction. So, how do you guard yourself against this? I will show you. Let us read from verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 2. 10, several verses. Okay? When wisdom enters your... Ah, 
Where should it enter? Heart. What is wisdom first of all? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, what should enter your heart? The fear of the Lord. And knowledge is pleasant to your soul. When does knowledge come? First of all, let us go to Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. And Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Hmm? First 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what should enter your heart? Wisdom should enter your heart. In other words, what should enter your heart? The fear of the Lord should enter your heart. Your heart. And where should knowledge be pleasant to? What should knowledge be pleasant to? Your soul, it says. Knowledge should be pleasant to your soul. Go to now Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. What does it say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of Oh, so, wisdom should enter your heart means fear of the Lord should enter your heart. And the knowledge should be pleasant to your soul means the fear of the Lord should be pleasant to your soul. So you see, everything is connected with the fear of the Lord. It's the reverence for God. That's the reason why it says, Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. So wisdom entered the heart and knowledge was what? Pleasant. So what gave him gave him pleasure? Fear of the Lord gave him pleasure. He delighted in the fear of the Lord, it says. Okay. You understand? Alright. So, when wisdom enters your heart and the and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, in other words, wisdom enters your heart or fear of the Lord enters your heart and the fear of the Lord enters your soul. It is pleasing to your soul. For the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever and the judgments of the Lord are sure, righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold, than, pres- than, uh, than uh, pure gold or honey and honeycomb etc 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 okay so when fear of then wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul and then finally go discretion what will it do it will preserve you. What is discretion? Discretion and yipta. To be discreet. How much to spend? How much not to spend? How much we struggle with that, no? Oh! We are discreet in giving to God. But we are definitely not discreet in our spending. Pamper yourself. You should go to... Uh, one of the things that I have observed, no? You go to any of these... Uh, Women athletes, some of the interviews that they, they, what is your favorite pastime? Shopping. All the money they make, uda dete, pura, shopping mein. Shopping. Never discreet when it comes to shopping. What are for us gadgets? Amazon.com is a dangerous Amazon.com. It is an Amazon forest only for us. We can get lost in Amazon. I think that is the reason why he called it Amazon. Get lost here. And it is easy to it is easy to spend money also because everything is net banking online transfer. And before you know it, click, 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 click. Gone over. We have all experienced that. Burned our hands <laughs> and our pockets. <laughs> and big holes came came into our pockets. My goodness, my dear brothers, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. 
So what should enter your heart? The fear of the Lord should enter your heart. And what should enter your soul? What should be pleasant to your soul? The fear of the Lord should be pleasant to your soul. And what will happen? Discretion. You will know how to spend your time, where to spend your time, where to be lavish in your spending. Okay. And where not to be lavish. I've seen no men of God, all men of God, genuine men of God, I know how they handle money. That is where uh, the, what do you call, the, the divisions are made. Men of God are known by the way they handle money. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you or guard you to deliver you from the way of evil. From the man who speaks what? Perverse things. And what does he do this fellow? From those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. It's a slow, slippery slope. And then the next, then comes the dangerous madam, whose ways are crooked and were devious in their paths. And verse 16, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who, what does it, what does she do? She flatters with her words. That's, that is a false doctrine. It's a seduction. It's an immoral woman. She flatters with her words and what happens when she flatters with her words? Something very interesting happens. Who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. That's exactly the reason why James will say, you adulteresses and adulterers, don't you know friendship with the world is enmity with God? What are you becoming now? You are com- co- committing spiritual harlotry with the world. You are forgetting the covenant that you made with God. And what happens? For her house leads down to the death and her paths to the dead. To hell in other words. Sheol ultimately. And then something very powerful. Verse 19. None who go to her. Oh, they, can't, they don't return. It's over. That's the reason why these destructive, damnable heresies are so dangerous. They can take you right. That's that's the reason why they're called what heresies? Damnable heresies. The heresies which will take you down this trajectory because there's a flattery which is going on. They will pamper you. Brother, you deserve it. What do you deserve? You deserve a BMW nonsense. I heard somebody, you know, sometime back I went to one place to minister. He goes to that prosperity gospel church. I don't want to mention the name again. I'm still not such a big man to mention all those names. Uh, I bought this Honda Civic. God told me I deserve a BMW. You deserve BMW, Baba. That is how they flatter you. And what do these guys do? They go and buy with a swiping card. Finished. Covetousness. It's a flattery. Slowly. And it's so difficult when you are once set in this trajectory to come back to return to the path. You are set in that direction, my dear brothers. So, what should come to your heart, therefore? The fear of the Lord should enter into your heart. And the fear of the Lord should be pleasant to your soul. When wisdom enters your heart, when knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will guard you and understanding will preserve you to keep you from the evil man. 
and from the immoral woman who flatters with her words. This is a destructive, seductive doctrine of the last days. It's called a heresy, not just a normal heresy. It is a damnable heresy and brought by all these false teachers. What does it do? It takes you down a trajectory which will never cause you to come back again. That is the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 6, it is impossible to do what? For once, for the, to the one who, got, who was enlightened in the beginning, read that from verse 5 onwards, chapter 6 verse 5, warnings. 6 verse 5. Therefore, okay, uh, four, verse 4 bro, verse 4 onwards, sorry, 6 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become the partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and have, and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put Him to an open shame. Therefore, therefore, what should you do? What should you do? Again, Proverbs will say, Proverbs chapter 7 and verses 1 to 5. My son, have some new relatives. Okay, I'll tell you. Have some new relatives. Make some new relatives. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. What should you do? You should treasure my commands. You should be like the guy who found the pearl of great price. Keep my commands and live and my law as the the apple of your eye. What did God tell us? What did he say? You are the apple of my eye, no? So what should you do to my law? You should keep my law as the apple of your eye. And then verse 3, bind them to your fingers and Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is New Covenant language, Baba. Written to, written by the great man Solomon, who finally was driven away in his heart by strange women, by various doctrines. And what should you dare say to your wisdom? You're my sister. And that's what I said. You have to get a set of new relatives. My sister. I'll tell you what the sister means. I'll tell you this, this is interesting. Why this particular relationship, sister relationship? My wife has three sisters. And one sister she's very close to. Oh boy, you should see the kind of conversations that they have. They know everything about each other. Everything. But it says, if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, 30-30-30-0. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. <laughs> so what should you call sister now? Whom should you share your deepest concerns with? Secrets with Christ. Who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So what, what? You make some new relatives, Baba. Sisters, get some new sisters. I hope wisdom is your sister. Generally, I mean, because sisters have the habit of you know talking a little more than men. I'm not. I'm not. Should not make all these controversial statements. But uh, it's uh, okay. Okay. Say to wisdom, you are my. And what you should call understanding, you are my kinsman. You are my nearest kin. You are my John Chigri. Nik ekkal bota kar bota le da ni thodu. Kodu. 
is your pal, your pals. Hmm? Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest king. And then you know what will happen? Verse 5. This will not happen. This is the result. That they may keep you from the seductive doctrine, from the seductors who flatters with our words. That is what you need. You need some new relatives. Who are your relatives, Baba? Wisdom, understanding. That is the reason why when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will guard you or keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductors. Get some new relatives. Get some new relatives. That is the reason why. why who are these sisters or the, who is this brother and this new kin? These are the people who will never flatter you. They will directly tell everything to your face. They might tell it with a nice smiling face, but they will tell what you have to know. It's good, no? To know. What says thou, Sam? No? Yeah? <laughs> 28.3. 28.23. 28.23. Proverbs. He who rebukes a man will find more favor. Afterward, he who rebukes a man will find more favor after that. Not now. When you rebuke him, now you will be, that, that fellow is your worst enemy. Isn't it? He's your worst enemy. How dare he says this to me? That's the reason why. Take a ginger ale. Take a chill pill. Relax. Ginger ale. I cannot use so many other words, no. <laughs> Ginger ale. Canada dry, it's called in Canada. Okay. So take it. He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than who flatters with the tongue. My dear brothers, isn't it interesting that those teachers who are tough in your life, you love them more now? They have suddenly great favor in your eyes. Oh, I thank my God for that teacher in my life who gave me left, right and center. Because of him, I am today like this. So if parents have, if 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 uh, uh, children have tough parents, they will find favor in your eyes later on. Now, right now, they are your worst enemies. Than he who flatters with the tongue. Therefore, 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 be very careful of these false prophets, destructive heresies. I'll give you one more example. Okay. The first missionary journey of Apostle Paul. How it starts. It's a, it's a crazy journey, okay? It's, it's, it's really remarkable. The first missionary journey, the first encounter in, of Apostle Paul recorded in the Bible. And of course Barnabas, both of them together. Turn to Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 1 onwards. Okay, let us read verses 1 onwards. A few verses. 1 to 12 we'll read and we will stop. Okay. Now in the church that was in Ant- at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and underline Saul. Okay, just underline Saul because something incredible is going to happen. Interesting is going to happen. Okay. Nice, nice, interesting, interesting twists in the story. Subtle variations, okay, in the text. 
Okay, next, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, all of those ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, still his name is Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So this is what the church did. So even Paul and Barnabas, who was the greatest of the apostles, they did not just went, they were sent. Okay, understand that. That is the reason why I said this. Oh, Paul, such a great man. Who sent them? The church sent. Okay. Understand this, okay? God has to send you. God has to send you. Okay? They were sent. They didn't just, didn't go all by themselves. You have to, you have to be sent by God. Let me emphasize that. Okay? You have to be sent by God. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting? They had laid their hands on him and they, and they were sent. And verse 4 will say, being sent out by the Holy Spirit. It's God who's sending him ultimately. Sending them ultimately. They went down to Seleucia and from there to uh, they sailed to Cyprus and when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant and he's not going to last for long. Okay, Very soon he's going to get frustrated with the entire journey of uh, whatever number of days. Then go on. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew. So look, look at this. Sorcerer. Pseudo prophetess, that is false prophet, okay? Sorcerer, he's a sorcerer, that means he's, he's, he's working in the realm of witchcraft, okay? Sorcerer, false prophet, he's also a Jew, we know he is not a Jew who is one inward, outwardly, he's a Jew who is one inwardly, we know the definition of a Jew by this time. Circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the spirit, not of the letter, but of the, uh, sorry, not of the, yeah, circumcision is not outwardly, but inwardly, not of the flesh, but of the spirit, not of the letter. Okay. Whose praise is from God and not of men. A Jew whose name is Bar Yesus. I mean, almost like Spanish. If you go to uh, Mexico, you call Jesus, at least 25 people will turn their heads. So many people are named Jesus in, this, in these places. Okay. No offense to Mexican brothers who are listening to it. I'm just, uh, please forgive me. Uh, so, very dangerous to name yourself Jesus. It's dangerous. No, it's a huge name to, burden to carry. Joshua is still okay. Kada. Joshua also means Yehoshua. Yehoshua is Yeshua. Still okay. Okay. Oh, you, you have a Joshua. Okay. I didn't realize why you were laughing. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, a Jew whose name is Bar Jesus. What does Bar Jesus mean? Son of Jesus. Who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. This is the first encounter. Okay, after they were sent by the church. Who is he encountering? Look at what happens. Next verse. But Elimus, what does Elimus mean? A wise man. But he's a sorcerer. For so his name translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. What is he? He is a sorcerer. He is a false prophet. His name is, he is a Jew. His name is Bar Jesus. He is a false prophet. What is he doing? He is withstanding Apostle Paul. Now look at this, very interesting. He withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then what happened? Then Saul. Now look at this. Who is called? Kya baat hai? Saul now becomes the Paul. Who is called Paul? Paul ka matlab kya hai? Little. Humble. 
from Saul to Paul. Now Saul, from after this, there's no no more Saul. Saul disappears, Paul takes over. Okay. So what does Paul, the first thing that Paul does, Saul who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, who at whom, about at this Bar Jesus or Elimus, the so-called. Oh, and he said, oh, full of all deceit and all fraud. You fraud, you deceit, full of deceit, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. The first thing Paul encounters is a guy who is a pseudo-prophet, who is withstanding. It's a demonic counsel. It's a demonic counsel which it's which 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 with uh, which uh, uh, withstands the apostolic doctrine. It's a demonic counsel. It's a spirit which withstands the apostolic doctrine. You'll see that even in Third John. What's his name? I forget that fellow's name. Deotrephus, who withstands him. The apostolic doctrine is a spirit of deatrophus in the church. What are they? They are full of deceit and fraud. Their ways are underhanded ways, my dear brothers. There's absolute deceit and guile in them. They cannot speak boldly and openly. They are the son of the devil. And they are an enemy of all of righteousness. Will you not cease from perverting the straight ways. You see that? They pervert the straight ways of the Lord. So four, five things he mentions. They are full of deceit and fraud. All deceit and all fraud actually. Look at the way he's saying. Why is this important? Why all deceit and all fraud? Go to First, first Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 and 2. Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and all evil speaking. See three alls over here. What should you do? As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God. So, so that you may grow up into your transl- in your, in your salvation. All malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all uh, hypocrisy, envy and all evil speaking. So go back now. It's a, it's a spirit which, with, which, uh, which opposes the apostolic doctrine. Go back now. Oh, full of deceit, of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. My goodness, he is a son of the devil. He is the enemy of all righteousness. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Right down in the first, first, first encounter that Paul Paul does. You know what he withstands? He withstands the spirit of the Antichrist, which is causing the proconsul to turn away from the way of righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And you know what he, what he does next verse? You see, will you not cease? I like that word. Will you not cease? Will you not cease? That means it's a relentless spirit. It's a relentless. I'm telling you, in the last days, you will have a relentless, relentless attack, a spewing from the pits of hell because the enemy knows that his time is is short. He continuously tries to bombard us with all kinds of attacks. So be very careful. All deceit, all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And then what happens next verse? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind. You know what God, what Paul does? He blinds that fellow. He shuts that voice of, of, of the, of the Antichrist spirit, the false prophet. He immediately shuts it. Not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately dark mist fell upon him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Wow. 
This is the power encounter he has. And you see, it is, it is a power encounter with the truth of the word of God. And therefore we have to speak the word of God with authority and with boldness. And for that, you should be a person who has been sent by the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Otherwise there will not be any authority over your life. And you should not be a Saul, you should be a Paul. <laughs> you should be a humble person. You should be a Paul, a bond servant. You should have that kind of a disposition. Otherwise you will also be conceited. And then what happened to the proconsul? Then the proconsul believed when he saw what was what was done, being what? Astonished not at Paul, at the teaching of the Lord, the doctrine of the Lord. That's what the word actually actually means, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Lord. That's our first encounter. The first encounter. So be very careful in these last days. We have to guard our hearts too. Because we are all prone to that. So what is it? It's full of, it's all fraud, all envy, or as you, let's see that. All, all deceit, all fraud, enemy of all, uh, all righteousness. You see that? It's a, all, all deceit, all fraud, all unrighteousness, and it is a re- relentless spirit. It will not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord. It's a spirit of Bar Jesus. It's an antichrist spirit. It's a false spirit. Full of deceit. Full of fraud. You see something? You cannot... There's a saying. There's some truth in that. Okay, There may not be all truth, but there's some truth. You can fool some people all the time. Okay? You can fool all the people some some of the time. But you cannot fool all people all time. But where is the dangerous category? First category. What is it? You can fool some people all time. That's a dangerous fellow. Because they don't have any discernment at all. You can easily get carried away. They're full of deceit, fraud, and enemy of all unrighteousnesses. They oppose the apostolic doctrine. So we have to ask God, what are those areas in my life that are opposing the apostolic doctrine? Where we can also do cherry picking. Like we, some of once, some few days back, pastor was sent a, sent a, not today's devotion, today's devotion was again mammon again and this thing. You talked about how the modern day, modern day postmodernism is like a, is like a salad bar kind of a theology. You go and cherry pick what you want. You can't cherry pick. You need the whole counsel of God. That is the reason why Paul tells uh, the uh, the church in Ephesians, I have not shunned you from teaching the whole counsel of God. Everything, the good, the bad and the ugly I taught you. And we also should accept the whole thing. Otherwise, we will be easily deceived by the spirit of the Antichrist. Oh, full of all deceit, all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? So, he was astonished at the doctrine and he got converted. So how do you discern whether I'm taking part of my of a false prophet's doctrine? How do you know it? 7.15, Matthew. You shall know them by their fruit. Yeah. Beware of false prophets. In other words, just give it some time. You'll know. So because you cannot consistently grow good fruit. You cannot. It's impossible. Okay. 
Don't count the chickens before they hatch, they say. Let it hatch, you will know exactly what it is. It's a snake or a chicken. All eggs look the same. Just give it some time. It will come out. What are they? They are false prophets. They who come in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Wait till lunch time. Their true nature will come out. Whether they like grass or biryani. Kada. So even so, even so, you will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Answer is a rhetorical question. No. Answer is not. No. So you shall know them by the fruit. That means you know whether you are taking part of your false doctrine by the fruit that you have in your own life. Because whatever you, of the doctrine that you take in is what you will, will become life in you and that will produce fruit. Correspondingly. Be very, very, very of this. That is the reason why Matthew chapter 24 verses 23 and 24. Look at what it says. 23 and 24. 24, 23, 24. Easy, easy to remember. Then if anyone says to you, look here is the Christ or there, do not believe for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the, oh, even the elect. Isn't it interesting that when those brothers who come from James come to Antioch, what are these brothers? How do they come? They say, come secretly. When Paul goes, he come, they come secretly. In, in Galatians chapter 2, you'll see it. When they come from uh, James, from Jerusalem to Antioch, suddenly Peter looks at them slowly, withdraws. Elect? Apostle? How can he be deceived? You see that? Dangerous. Ask God for, let us, therefore we have to ask God for strength in these last days to be able to, to, to withstand these false doctrines. So therefore what is the, what is the antidote for all this? Go to 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 and we will, we will stop. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2. Fine, final verse for the day. Verse 10. Or rather, 9 to 10 actually. 9 to 10. 9 to 13, 9 to 12. 9 to 4 verses. 9 to 12, okay. Then coming of the, the coming of the lawless one or the Antichrist. Oh, one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders, lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the, ah, that's a, that's a, that's the key. What should you receive? The love of truth. Just not truth. You should love truth. You know, something about uh, Nabil Qureshi. I was listening to his, one of his testimonies. One guy uh, was talking about him. You know what they said about Nabil uh, uh, in one of his uh, eulogies, if I'm right. Or somebody was giving this testimony. He said, this guy is a lover of truth. He so much loved the truth that he was willing to sacrifice the closest of the relationships for the truth. And he had to pay a price for that. Because the gospel was truth, right, staring right in front of his eyes, and he was struggling and struggling. And God told him, "Do you love me? You love, you love truth. Therefore, we should begin to love truth. We should not receive truth. We should receive the love of the truth. 
that they might be saved. That is the antidote. Lord, grant me the love for truth, Lord. I don't want people who will flatter me. Those who flatter me, what do they do? They spread a net and trap me. He who rebukes will attain what? Favor afterward. You will always thank people who wanders in heaven if you reach there. Yeah, exactly, no? After having received the truth, when we reach there, you will look at all the tough teachers in your life. You will just go and kiss them. First First of all, you will kiss maybe Apostle Paul and all these people with a holy kiss, of course, because they themselves said, greet each other with a holy kiss. And then, we will love all those people who really, really put us, put us on a straight and narrow path. You will love them. I am telling you, better to come under the person who will speak the truth. Of course, you have, to, you have to speak the truth in love. So that you know why? Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. That is the reason why when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. That is what it means. To receive the love of truth. Otherwise, you know what it says in 11 and 12? For this reason, God will, who will? God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had Pleasure in unrighteousness. They didn't have, did not have pleasure in the fear of the Lord. They had pleasure in unrighteousness. They did not have pleasure in truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. These are the pleasures of God. Okay? So this is something which we have to guard our heart against. Otherwise we will slowly drift. And before we know it, we are several nautical miles away. Because on the seas it's nautical miles, right? No kilometers anymore. Nautical miles away from the truth. Before we realize it. May the Lord grant us grace to drop what? Anchor. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, once again for this day that you blessed us with. Enable us to receive the love of truth so that we can be kept from all these damnable, destructive heresies. And we are all prone, Lord, to wander. Prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. Here arise my, raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come. And I know that by thy good pleasure, I will safely arrive at home. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. We have come thus far, O Lord. Father, enable us to finish what you have started. By the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.